they were Titleist AP3 Blacks. They were oh my god, really good looking set. I played with them for about a year, and I was like, dude, something's wrong with these clubs. Like they just don't feel right. I, and then I actually went to go trade them in because I was tired of them, and I was going to get a different set. And uh, the guy at the PJ Superstore was like, yo, these are fake. All right. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Golfers Anonymous podcast. I'm your host, Noah, and we're welcoming our, this will be our sixth guest, Tav. Tav, when you introduce yourself, you're welcome to say your last name. I don't want to expose you to the public, um, but you're welcome to give your your full name on the pod. Um, Generally, how this works is that I have my guests introduce themselves as their name, how long they've been playing golf, and then their handicap. Um, so I'll turn it over you to you in a second, but essentially for those of you who this might be your first time joining us on the Golfers Anonymous podcast, what we do here, I, Noah, bring on a new guest every single week who's just another, for, for lack of a better word, another regular person who's just obsessed with the game of golf like so many of us are. Golf is this very interesting game where people play it and it's almost like this tribe of people, right, who they don't just play golf. They're like obsessed with it. They're addicted to it for, for whatever reason. And my hypothesis is that most people who play golf are so addicted it, so addicted to it for very unique reasons. Um, so I bring these people on. We talk about how they got into the game, some of their golf highlights, and we just shoot the shit for about half hour, 45 minutes about golf. Um, so yeah, if this is your first time, make sure you follow, like, subscribe, five stars, all that, all that jazz. Um, but Tav, I'll turn it over to you, man. You can give us your name, how long you've been playing golf, and your handicap. Yeah, so uh, I'll spare Noah uh, the butchering of my name. So full name is Otavi Dolo. Uh, I know it's a mouthful, um, but everybody calls me Tav. Um, I've been playing golf for about about 16 years now, um, and around a 7 to 8 handicap. It depends on the year and how I'm striking a ball. It really depends, and I think everybody on this listening to this probably feels the same way yeah for sure um so 16 years dude that's a pretty long time that's that's longer than than i was thinking you were gonna say um why don't you tell us a little bit about you know how how you started playing and then when you really caught the caught the golf bug for good yeah um so actually it started with a christmas present so my parents got me a set of golf clubs like out of nowhere when i was about 12 years old um, and it, it just kind of take off from there. Like I, I got enrolled in the, the first tee program. Um, so for those of you that aren't familiar with the first tee program, it's, it's centered around getting youth kids into golf. Um, and I was one of the older kids because a lot of the kids that were starting in there are like five, seven years old. Um, but they ran a really good program around my house where I grew up, where it was like $2 to play nine holes and $4 to play 18 holes with some of the local courses that were paired up with it. So I spent a lot of my summers, if I wasn't playing baseball, just playing golf. Like I would, there was a course within walking distance and I'd walk over, walk through the course, go play nine to 18 holes. Didn't matter what the temperature was. Um, and I was able to enjoy the benefit of playing. So kind of got into it organically my my parents didn't play uh ironically they now play uh, as a result of me playing um and, and they love to do it and they enjoy being outside but yeah that's kind of how i got into it um i played in high school um but it was kind of like shooting the shit with your buddies uh we weren't very competitive and everybody knew we weren't very competitive um but it was just a good time to be outside and i don't know i can't say enough about high school golf like you just pay a due of like 150 bucks and you get to play like thousands of dollars of free golf um which it was just a great time to to be able to ride around in a minibus and play as much golf as possible yeah dude that's awesome do you remember so going back to the christmas gift where it all started do you remember what what those clubs were i played with those clubs for like 12 years like i kept them they, they um, like fit you for that long. They, they fit me for that long. Like it was wild, um, but yeah, they were equity. I, I I don't even think that's how you pronounce it. Yeah. Um, but they were like starter club golf set. But I never really upgraded because like family wasn't bougie or anything. And you know, I just like had a set of clubs. I regripped them every year, and I just kept running with them. Yeah, but it was awesome, pretty funny. Dude. Yeah, I got that present and I was like, 
play golf. Like I play baseball. Um, and I actually went out in my backyard and there was some snow on the ground. It was like the day after Christmas and I whacked a driver um, and I had a big retention area in my backyard. And I actually like hit a house across the way because there were houses across the way. <laughs> so Wow, that's awesome, dude. Very cool. So started as a Christmas present. You you enrolled in the first T program. That's awesome. I've never I've never met anybody who was a part of that. I think that's like an awesome way to get kids kids into the game. Like two four bucks. Like you said that that's unbelievable. Um. So you mentioned you play in high school. When when you were playing in high school, did you consider yourself like I'm in love with this sport? I can't get enough of it. I'm going to play it the rest of my life. Or you were like I'm going to do this in high school just because it's a, a fun thing to do. No, I loved it. Um, I had a couple friends that also played on the team with me. So it was one of those things where like during the summer we'd go out and play. Um, I fell in love with it, but like, it was never like my good sport, I guess. Like I was just like, you know what, like I'm playing just to play. I enjoy being outside, like having grown up playing baseball, like just being outside was like my happy place and just like three, four hours just outside. was just fantastic. But the love for the game grew a lot after i stopped playing baseball um i I stopped playing baseball right around when i was uh 22 um i played semi-professionally for a year um after college and then um yeah like it really kind of took off i needed something else to to channel my like competitiveness into it and golf seemed to be like the perfect thing that fell into my lap at the right time um and i upgraded my clubs as soon as i finally got a real job and had the money to do it and I actually bought fake clubs, so don't buy clubs, clubs off of Facebook Marketplace, kids. So, what 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 brand did you think it was? They were the best knockoff I've ever seen. They were Titleist AP3 Blacks. They were oh my god, really good looking set. Um, guy gave them to me for like five hundred bucks, and I was like, all right, that's like maybe that's like a really good steal. But those clubs retail for like twelve hundred bucks, so I, I mean, should probably justifiably known. think that was a good deal if it's on Facebook Marketplace. Like maybe the guy just didn't know the the real value of them or something. Yeah, I played with them for about a year, and I was like, dude, something's wrong with these clubs. Like they just don't feel right. They like <laughs> kind of they were kind of clicky. Like they they were awkward. And then I actually went to go trade them in because I was tired of them and I was going to get a different set. And uh, the guy at the PJ Superstore was like, yo, these are fake. Like, dude, we cannot take these. Like, these are fake. And I was just like, dude, I swear to God, I wasn't trying to pawn off fake gloves. Like, yeah. Oh, my God. It was brutal. And I was just like so disappointed. But yeah, I learned my lesson. Uh, Buy clubs from like a real, like, yeah. Second hand store or <laughs> yeah, don't make sure they're certified and they give you some wow. with them. Dude, that's that's wild. I didn't know people were out here selling dupe golf clubs. Yeah, yeah. I guess there's a market wow. for it. Um, yeah, there must be. So, so everybody's got to have a side hustle, right? So the one thing that you have to check is the. Um, a lot of times you have like the wrapper on the shaft. Um, they're different colors. So like fake clubs oh, have a different okay. color blue on like the true temper or whatever, dynamic gold or whatever it is. Like they're different colors than the standard ones. And that's how you can spot fakes. Interesting. Wow. All right. Now I know. Now I can keep keep an eye out for it. You've, you've warned all of our, our yeah. listeners so they don't get right? get, get fooled. Um, but you hinted, you, you, ta- you spoke about this a little bit. You know, you, baseball was your main sport. Um, so I know this is a golf podcast, but I think it'd be cool if you kind of walk us through that, what it was like playing semi-professionally for a little bit. And then if there was any, you know, crossover between your your baseball and, and golf activities. Yeah, yeah. So I played competitive baseball growing up since I was eight. Um, and it was like my first love. Like that was my thing. Like I played all the time. I played all summer. I played over 100 games a day a year i played travel baseball summer ball like all the things whatever it was i was on a diamond somewhere um when i got into high school i I faced the reality of uh i couldn't hit anymore so it kind (laughs) of kind of intertwined with like perfectly with like getting into golf where like there's a lot of people that say like your baseball swing is gonna have to be a lot different than your golf swing and a lot of guys that like play baseball really struggle with the slice um, so it kind of coincided really nicely because I was able to get rid of that slice as soon as I stopped hitting after my freshman year. Right. Um, but yeah, I was a pitcher only. Uh, so for those of you that aren't aware of baseball, like you just don't hit. You're just a, a NARP that 
throws the ball. <laughs> um, well, what was but, your best pitch? Uh, I was a big slider guy. I threw like a low three quarters sidearm, so I had the a big sweeping slider that I threw anytime, anywhere. Um, nice, but you yeah, were, you I, were starting, or or were you a, a closer? I was a starter throughout high school, um, and as soon as I got to um, like college, then at that point, I actually ended up at a a division one or a division three school to start. Uh, I kind of went on a journey. Uh, to be honest, I was, I was a journeyman in terms of uh, college baseball. Uh, started at Division three, became a reliever, like a lawn reliever, where it was like six, seven, eight, nine, clean up the game. Um, and then I decided I didn't want to play at that school anymore. Um, and this was before the transfer transfer pool existed. So yeah. if you wanted to remarket yourself and go to a different division, you had to go back to junior college at that point. Wow. Um, so I transferred to a, a local junior college for the year um, and teamed up with an incredible team, like top to bottom, uh, one through nine throughout the lineup. I think we had seven or eight guys go to Division One from from this wow. junior college that I ended up playing at. Um, so I did that for about a year. I became a closer um, and, and had a re- really great year, then got picked up by Butler University as a, as a preferred walk-on and then ended up there. Um, and finished out my career for the last two years there. So did that, then uh, did not get drafted. Had like an insane senior year, had a 1.3 ERA, just like absolutely tore it up. Wow. Um, and like I was really hopeful that something would work out. It, it didn't, unfortunately. So kind of sat in it for about six months. Um, had to do a fifth year and I had, a, had to clean up the rest of my degree. So I finished up. Um, and I kind of was like, you know what, like I should keep trying this thing. Like, I, I don't want to give up here. I don't want to like lose out on the stream because my dream is always to play semi-professionally or professionally in some capacity. Um, so I started training with another guy that I was on the team with at Butler and, uh, he was recovering from Tommy John. He was actually supposed to be a, uh, 13th round pick, uh, by the Cardinals wow. and, uh, had bone spurs in his elbow and blew out his elbow right before the draft. Um, so me and him were going through this like process where he was recovering. I was helping him out and, uh, I was also training. I did a tryout, uh, got deferred and then ended up getting picked up in June and then finishing out the season with that team. So incredible journey. I got to play in yeah. front of a couple thousand, if not 3000 people on any given night, kids asking me for balls for cookies in the stands. Like it was, <laughs> it was independent league baseball. It was like as low on the totem pole as it goes. Um, we had, we went to a couple hotels where like semi-professional baseball is not lavish in, the, in any capacity, like a couple of hotels where there was bed bugs and we had to pick up and leave in the middle of the night and go wow. to a different hotel. Um, so it was, it was rough, but it was just an absolute blast. The team I played on ended up winning a championship. And then I was like, you know what? Like I get to go out on my, my terms. Like my last outing, I walked up the field to, to closing time. Wow. Ironically. And yeah. it was, was like the perfect ending to like that chapter of my life. And then um, made my way into software. To, so started doing that and got really into golf after that and have not stopped since. Uh, I actually moved away from a lot of my friends. So I was just playing by myself for a couple of years there um, and, and just kind of sharpening up that way. And then I moved back to where I grew up and a couple of my buddies live locally. And we play once to three times a week on any given week. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Well, that that is quite the journey. I didn't I didn't know all that about you. So even I'm I'm learning a lot about you on on this show, which is sweet. Um, but to go back, you know, to to golf a little bit. I know you said you've you've been playing for a while now. You've kind of got you've had the bug for a while. It wasn't just a a later later in life thing. Have you always been a golf fan? I guess are you a golf fan now, or do you mainly just like playing? I lo- I watch a lot of golf now. Um, I, if the, the tournament's on on the weekend, like I have it flipped on, um, just kind of playing in the background. Um, personally, like I think it's fun watching the whole like live and PGA dispute, like it's just the back and forth. I think it's a little drama, but also at the same time, like it makes for great consumption. But at that point, I feel like the game is growing. Um, whether that's a good thing or not, with the amount of chumps that I have to stand behind and play a four <laughs> and a half hour round because of this. Hey, this is a this is a pro grow the game pod, Tom. Right, <laughs> right, right. I'm a big uh, big fan of fast play, so 
Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, man. Um, so you mentioned you mentioned live a little bit. Like, do you do you ever flip on the live broadcast on the CW, or do you just uh, kind of keep tabs on on what they're doing from afar? You know, I actually like what Liv is doing from like a marketing perspective. They actually have like rolled out the ability to jump to any hole and watch a specific player and kind of bounce yeah, they around with Google, right? Yeah, so they've been rolling that out, which I think is really fascinating because like the PGA broadcast, you're just kind of like whatever their discretion is, like you're just watching who's like on or doing something cool at that point. Um, so I like the ability to kind of jump around with the live and I hope that the PGA eventually adopts that. Um, I've, I've seen quite a few TikToks of people talking about it. Um, and I'm hopeful that they, they continue to grow the game that way. Um, but across the board, I think there's good players in both tours across the board. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, we might have to make this like a, a separate episode in itself, but I, th- I feel like if you took the top 10 players on live at this point against the top 10 guys on the PGA tour, like it, it it'd be a fun match to watch, and I, I'm honestly I'm here for for seeing that at some point. Um, I think that would just be cool to see in general. Um, that almost makes me think that they should just come together and make like two conferences, <laughs> have like yeah. the Live Conference and the PGA. You know, whatever. We'll go down that. Or like their team match. system that Live has rolled out. You know. They yeah, I don't totally hate the take, team thing. I, some people can't despise. Some people can't stand the team thing. I I think it's cool if you do it alongside. Like I think if the PJ Tour was ever to do some kind of team system, you have to keep the events that everybody loves. You have to keep the Pebble Beach Pro Am. You have to keep all these famous tournaments. Keep them in an individual format. But people love match play. That's a fact. Um, like I think there is people love the Ryder Cup. Ryder Cup. That's a team format. Like I feel like if you got creative with it, and you just can't tell me that if you had like JT, Rory, and Spieth on one t- one team, and then like had Cantley, Shoffley, and whoever else on another team, that people wouldn't watch that. Um, yeah. So I think there's definitely opportunity there. I think whenever like I don't know, my stance on Live is that like it's clearly not going anywhere for for, for the time being. So I'm just trying to. I do think it's been more interesting this year, at least um, between bits and pieces that I've that I've seen of it. Um, so, do you have a favorite golfer, Live or or PGA? You know, I'm a big fan of Dustin Johnson. Um, I just love that he has the ability to hit a 330 yard power fade. Like it is nutty watching that guy play golf. Like he has an unorthodox swing. Like just a pure athlete, his flexibility is off the charts. Got like swagger. I, I love Dustin Johnson. Um, so if he's we go, always packing like, a lip. Yep. Live versus PGA. So you, you're thinking PGA. I'm a big fan of Scheffler. Uh, I like that he's a little unorthodox in the way that he plays, but that man is just so consistent. Like yeah. week in, week out, he is in the top five, no matter what. Like he could be sitting in one position on a Saturday and then by Sunday, like he's in the running in some capacity. So I think it's been really cool to see him like storm on the scene, continue to grow, uh, continue to build his brand. Um, and I don't know, he's phenomenal to watch. Like I think this past weekend at the waste management, what he ended up finishing third or fourth. Um, yeah, I think really, yeah, really good. Like, that. I tournament like 66 on Saturday. Um, it's, it's funny. You, you, you bring up Scotty and DJ, obviously they're two wildly different, personalities to wildly different swings but if you kind of like think about it, their games are honestly kind of similar like great off the tee great ball strikers with their irons and then the putter is where they like mm-hmm. tend to to slip up a little bit um yeah, always been like a big, my game yeah <laughs> seriously um i've always been a big dj fan myself i feel like now that dj's gone to live like i think it's very easy to forget about him now but there was a period from like I don't know, let's call it like 2015 to 2020, where he was just like a top five, top 10 machine. He has like the same amount of PJ Tour wins as Rory. People forget about that. Mm-hmm. He has like the lowest score ever in a Masters. Um, I would love to see DJ get one more major, and I think he will. Um, I don't know if it'll be this year, but would love to see him host that trophy one more time. He's, he's going to do it, man. He just won this past weekend in Vegas, right? Did he? I, I didn't see that. I think he did. Yeah. I know, I know his team. Wanted... Or yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they did pull it out. But um, cool, dude. Well, I know on the topic of, of, of being a golf fan in the PGA Tour, did you, did you watch any of the, the waste management this past weekend? It got a, it, people are saying it got a, a little out of control. 
Yeah, man, like it, it was getting rowdy. And it was interesting to watch that there was like a whole play-by-play going on through TikTok at the same time of like the <laughs> tournament. Like at yeah. one point they like, I think they had like 120,000 people on the course. Like they stopped scanning badges, like people's tickets. Yeah, to they get closed in. the gates. They closed the gates. They stopped liquor sales because people were like mudsliding down the side of hills. Like it was it was rowdy to say the least. And the 16th, like the setup on the 16th is just like electric. Like people lining up at 440 in the morning and storming the gates. What do they call it? The running of the bulls. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like that's like a that's like a bucket list golf experience. I feel like I don't know if like I part I don't know if the the consumption of alcohol is is in my repertoire at my current age but i feel like regardless like getting into the stadium hole that's like up there with going to the masters like you gotta you gotta experience something like that one time you know yeah yeah 100 percent. i'm i'm with you though like i did not hang with those people like i would be done by 10 a.m no i can't believe they stopped beer sales at a golf tournament it's just like such a funny thing to even like think about I know. And it's like, I guess that's like the promise of live is like for it to be like that. And they were comparing the waste management to a lot of like what the live tournaments were like, which I was actually fortunate enough to go to the one um, at Rich Harvest Farms out in Melbourne. Yeah. Albert, what was that like? I haven't talked to anybody who's ever been to one of those. Yeah, no, it was it was really interesting. Like they have music playing on the course, like speaker systems going all over, so there's stuff going on at all times. Um, but it was really similar to a PGA Tour event. Like in all honesty, like with the exception of like the big live, like golf but louder signs all over, and um, the the pumped up branding that they're rolling out. Like it was pretty pretty similar. What um, what PGA Tour events have you been to to compare it to? Uh, I went to the BMW Championship um, in Indianapolis when they played it there. Um, yeah, I think that's it. That's the only one. I've been to that one twice. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, because, so, I mean, obviously the BMW Championship, that's like, you know, it's typically the second event of the FedEx Cup playoff, like a fairly serious event, high, you know, pretty highly regarded. And you found, like, the the level of golf was similar. Like, you, you kind of got out of it the same thing at, at both places. Yep, definitely. Shifting back to your golf game a little bit. So you played competitively in high school. You're now playing a ton or you've played a ton ever since you stopped playing baseball. Tell me a little bit about, you know, your your best round ever or like your most memorable round ever and then your most memorable golf shot. Yeah, yeah. So best round ever, I shot a 74. Wow. Like closest I came to par, par 72 course. That's awesome. Um, and it was just one of those days, like, I just had it. It was just, like, drive down the middle, iron shot into the green, one to two putt, almost every single hole. Was this the post-baseball um, days? Yeah. Yeah, it was um, not too long after I, I was playing. Just, like, overall, just, like, playing my out of my mind um, across the board. But, honestly, I haven't been at that level since. Um I've kind of struggled with some, <laughs> with some up and downs, like some consistency with ball striking has been the name of my game, which has really like hindered my growth. Um, just like you think, like I've been playing golf for 16 years. Like you would think that I'm a stretch golfer at this point, but that's in reality, like we're all normal people. Like we all have lives and we're yeah. not professionals. Like just sometimes it just doesn't work out. Um, but yeah, most memorable shot. It was this past year, actually. Um, so I was playing with a couple buddies of mine. We liked to play 2v2 scram- or scrambles with one another. Uh, my buddy laid one out like right into the middle of the fairway. Uh, we were about 145 yards out, and uh, I hit a nine iron into the green. Two bounced it into the hole. I didn't even see it go in. My wow. buddy's like riding along a hill, like on the side of the hill, jumps out of his cart, twists his ankle, like halfway falls down the hill. <laughs> He's like going nuts, and I was just like, "No way!" And we charged the green, and like we're going nuts. Um, but if I, I, I had to say like a best shot I've ever seen, um, I had a good friend of mine, Jack. He hit this insane like double breaking shot like off of a hill because um, it was one of those like raised tee boxes on a par three, 
and it kind of like went up and then came back a different direction hit like probably 25 feet behind the hole spun back and rolled into the pin from like 150 out and it was just like insane like one of those shots like you watch on sports center top 10 like nuts wow that's awesome so so your yours was for eagle then yeah yeah and it was uh the dagger um in a round because after that i sucked the life out of the other two guys have you um have you sniffed a a hole in one or is the the eagle the the closest you've gotten i have five or six within three inches i've just been all over the cup just not in it what would it would it like pain you like let's say you never got one what would uh how would you feel about your like golf career if you you know ended your career tomorrow without a hole in one or even you know 50 years from now greatest disappointment of my life really <laughs> honestly wow. yeah i would be so disappointed i've i've come close so many times like i'm seeking it and it's one of those things like you play with a couple of guys and like none of us have one like we've all played for a decent amount of time uh, me and three other guys like we don't have one so if one person gets one it's gonna be like the ultimate like jab to one another like oh yeah you don't have a whole one and i do so wow man you'll be wow this thing's really weighing on you dude if you if you go another five ten years without one i don't i don't know what you'll do you might lose your mind out there well i heard a stat the other day it was like actually phil mickelson has more hole in ones than tiger phil mickelson has like 58 hole in ones in his life doesn't surprise me at all no, just he's a master with his irons. Like, there's no competing with that. But like, fifty-eight hole-in-ones, man, can't share. Yeah, seriously. Um, there was one of my buddies. He he has a hole-in-one. He got it very early on when he was like thirteen or something. Um, and he's like, <laughs> I feel like he doesn't even like think of it as like a cool thing because it happened when he was like twelve, and he was like, eh, "This is cool, I guess." Um, so I was like, dude, you need to get like another hole in one to see if, you know, this is actually meaningful to you. <laughs> cause, cause I asked yeah. him that question. I was like, dude, what's your most memorable golf shot? He didn't even say the hole in one. That's nuts. Yeah. Um, so you've shot 74, um, and you haven't been able to, to really get down there since. So I, I imagine the, the, the goal you're still chasing is a, is a subpar round. Yeah. Yeah, I think like eventually getting down to that. Honestly, like I just want to be a little bit more consistent. I think that's the thing that I've been like battling the most over the last couple of years is just like poor iron striking or just like losing my driver for several weeks at a time. Like yeah. just like just big frustration. Maybe I need to just take some lessons or something. Yeah, just I was going to ask. Like, have back have on you track. ever done a lesson, or is it just you I, know the the YouTube grind? I've done a couple. Um, I find when I get on like the YouTube TikTok grind like i just like i'm trying to do seven different things and i end up making my swing worse yeah exactly. um <laughs> which i think all of us have like been there done that oh yeah if i just do this one thing <laughs> but uh yeah so I, i've done a couple lessons like throughout high school like as a part of our like high school team um, but uh, obviously like I, i've been considering it a lot more um just right. to become a little bit more consistent and just like be around the center of the face more and I think a lot of things will fall into place. Um, spent a lot of time last year, like sharpening up in terms of like around the green, green side, um, on the green, which I think helped my game a lot. Um, but yeah, just get into the green and two, get to the green as fast as possible. That's the biggest thing. Just like hit the ball pretty far. Like I, I sit anywhere between 280 and 310 off the tee. Um, but honestly, like it's worth nothing if you can't get the freaking ball in the hole. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, boring golf is good golf, and then it's just up to up to that up to that putter. Yeah, yeah. So that's um, the thing. So we talked about your your most memorable moments on the course. I know you say you typically go out and play with the same group of pals. You guys have any golf trips lined up, or any ones you've you've recently gone on that were that were cool or interesting? Yeah. So we actually took a like a mini trip down to Indianapolis um, this past year. So we, we played a couple courses. We played a course called Purgatory. Um, That's quite the name. <laughs> right? It was, it was Purgatory. I was just having the worst week of my season that week. It coincided with our golf trip, of course. Um, and I think I shot like a 92. Like it was so embarrassing. Like my, my friends would like 
dude, like just stop. <laughs> um, but it was a couple, three courses that we ended up playing. Uh, I forget the second, the name of the second one. And then we like on our way back, we had another course called Sandy Pines, beautiful place, Northwest Indiana. If you ever get a chance, make sure you make your way out there. Uh, it's just a beautiful, cheap course. Um, but yeah, this year, uh, both me and my other friend had our first kids. So trying to figure out how we balance having kids, but also like scheduling out a golf trip has been a little bit difficult. Um, bring the, I, just bring the stroller out on the course. Right. Right. So we want to take a couple trips. Um, so I've been, I'm the planner of the group. I don't know if you guys have ever heard. There's like the planner, the guy that drinks all the time, so on and so forth. Um, so like I, I have four trips that I have like kind of queued up, but like, wow, you're, you're prepared trying to figure out like what the most cost effective way to do it is like if you've ever tried to research golf trips it's painful it's to be honest like there's got to be like a better way like there's got whenever you google it you just find you either come across like useless blog posts from 2008 or you stumble upon like a golf trip agency and then they're just going to send you to the courses that probably aren't even that good um but yeah it's terrible you got to go through like deep links of reddit to find meaningful information yeah i was just gonna say like i've actually found quite a few trip plans from reddit which was really interesting to kind of come across like there's a whole community of people on there um where you can get into that but the couple that i have laid out is uh big cedar lodge out in missouri so playing um god what's the course there that's the course Tiger designed down there, right? Yeah, the um, Payne's Valley. Payne's Valley, Payne's Valley, and um, there's a couple other like Buffalo Ridge is another one. Um, there's another one. Ozark National is apparently like a beautiful course that's out there. So there's a couple courses out there. And the Ozarks are beautiful. Um, period. Yeah. So there's that, and then because um, that's off of Table Rock, which is like the lake that's right there. And then there's also one in like the middle of Michigan, um, where there's trouble like up near the loop. If you've ever heard of the loop, yeah, where you yep. play one way and then another way the next day. Um, the one for St. George, Utah, is the other place. Um, there's some beautiful golf courses out there. It's just a little bit pricier because we all have to fly out there, and it ends up racking up the the flight and the cars. Um, you were going to drive down to Missouri. Yeah. Yeah, it's only a six-hour drive from us. Oh, I guess that's not bad, dude. My geography, the the middle of the country, is so bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I'm I'm in the suburbs of uh, Chicagoland, and it's not too bad. Oh, okay. And then you said it was a fourth. What, what's the last one? Last one was just to go to um, um, South Carolina and play like the Pinehurst Brow Tobacco Road, um, any of the Pinehurst courses. Um, that's the one that I've least built out, but just, I mean, I've got, I've got an itinerary waiting for you, Tav. Just, just let me know. I'll, we'll send you the exact same Airbnb. You can take our rental car, <laughs> do the exact same trip. It was, I can't recommend it enough. Uh, I'm waiting on it. I'm waiting on it in my inbox, but ultimately, yeah, like we want to definitely take a trip. We're just trying to figure out when. I think the the funniest thing I ran into is we were looking at maybe Kohler, Wisconsin for Whistling Straits. Yep. And if you want to stay on the Kohler property, I had some lady, some golf agent, quote me sixteen thousand dollars for a three day trip. Um, and I is that verbally started. Golf? That was including golf. Um, I verbally started laughing out loud at her because like these other trips I was looking at maybe twelve, thirteen, fourteen dollars like for the three or four days. Um, it was just hysterical yeah adds up quick it certainly does um like especially you know once you go like that next tier where like it's like you know the the bandons of the world whistling streets of the world god forbid like pebble those are the courses you you play once you know the kids are a little older and have some uh little extra coin in the pocket um but speaking of courses like that, is there one that is like top of top of your list, like bucket list type of trip you'd you'd want to take? You know, I really want to play Payne's Valley. That like is one of the top tier courses that I want to play. I want to be able to play that nineteenth hole 
and, and be able yeah. to experience that. It's just like such a cool spot, like one of the most photographed places. Um, there's a couple courses out in California that I think would just like be absolutely beautiful um, to play. Um, but yeah, I, I like to travel. Destination golf is is really fun. I got to play um, in Italy when I went for my honeymoon, which was just absolutely a blast. You I brought your clubs week. on the honeymoon? Absolutely not. <laughs> uh, I rented clubs, which was totally fine for that instance. Um, but it was uh, at the resort we we're staying at. It was in uh, Tuscany, so like literally, like your ball grows out, you're like going into an olive grove to go get it. Wow. Um, so it was a good time. That's awesome. Yeah, when I was in when I was in Rome in November, we were like 15 minutes away from uh, Marco Simone, where they had the Ryder Cup. Um, mm-hmm. Was tempted to go see that, but you know, we we decided against it with jet lag and all. Um, but very cool, man. With with all that being said about golf trips, I know I sent you a would you rather question in our show prep. We're going to throw a curveball at you. So basically, this is somebody's first time listening to the show. Every episode, I like to ask my guests a golf-related would-you-rather question. Um, so the one I've been rolling with for the past couple episodes is, would you rather play Augusta one time? You can be there for the whole day. You can, Or I guess you, you go to Augusta one time for the day, right? You can be there the whole day. You can play 36 holes, whatever you want. You just have a day at Augusta. But that's all you get, and you can't even go back for the Masters. So you're cut off. The other option is you get to play Pebble Beach once a year for the rest of your life. Oh, 100%. I'm going to play Pebble Beach for the rest Dude, of my life. Dude, what? Everybody says that. I can't believe it. I don't need to play Augusta. Like, Augusta is reserved for the best players in the world. Like, I am not that good. I do not <laughs> deserve to be on that golf course. Like, I'm going to take a beaver tail sized divot out of their grass and i don't need to be there i'll go play yeah, you take it home with you once a year yeah and i'll grow it too so i can create my <laughs> own um yeah once a year pebble beach just something to always look forward to beautiful course like on the seaside like that just sounds great something to always have wow dude all of my my recent guests surprising me my i mean i've my listeners have heard me say this on my 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 millions of listeners have heard me say this on my first two episodes or last few episodes. I just like, again, like if you have enough money, money can buy you onto Pebble Beach. And in theory, if you have enough money, you could go play it every year. But no amount of money is getting you on Augusta National. Not even nope. like, no matter, like some presidents probably can't even get on and play Augusta National. Um, and I think there's just like, the, the, one of the best things about golf to me is that like, it's one of the only sports where you can really put yourself in the same arena of a lot of these like really historical events. Like I've said this before, you can't go try and block a shot from Michael Jordan or LeBron James, but you can go try and hit that same chip that Tiger hit on 16 at Augusta in 2005, little things like that. Um, so that's why I pick Augusta, but I totally hear you on the, on the Pebble Beach thing. Um, that, is, yeah. that, would, that would be unreal if you just had that on the calendar every year like we're going to pebble everybody <laughs> yep we're going to pebble everybody's coming with get your your foursome ready to go and we're gonna go have a great day and kind of enjoy it and what's better than california you know like the weather's beautiful yeah. and just awesome Facts, well man. actually not not two weeks yeah ago, not, not two but, weeks uh, ago unless you have having to place a bet that netted you a million bucks oh um, my god i can't believe that worked out for them but. yeah they, they actually uh for those folks that don't know what i'm talking about Obviously, the Pebble Beach Pro-Am two weeks ago got weather shortened, so they only played 54 holes. And it was like known throughout the whole week that there was some pretty bad weather coming through the area. And these guys that I know through the grapevine, like friends of friends of friends, placed a bet parlaying everybody that was currently in the top 10 just before the third round was going to end to stay in the top 10 for the rest of the tournament and parlayed that with Wyndham Clark to win. It was like 100 bucks to win over a million. Ended up cashing out. They went down and partied at the Waste Management, and they just went to the Super Bowl last night. Safe to say those guys are are doing all right. (laughs) Wow. That's nuts. One more thing I can add. So there was a course that I got to play last year that I would recommend to anybody that's listening to this podcast today. Uh, If you're ever in the Denver area, whether it's like 
bachelor party or just hiking and enjoying, make sure you make your way out to Golden, Colorado. Um, there's a beautiful course out there called Fossil Trace. Um, there's literally dinosaur bones embedded into the 13th fairway into the bedrock. Um, just like one of the most beautiful courses I've ever been to, like 360 degree mountain scenic um, and just like multiple elevated tee boxes, just like pristine condition. But yeah, it's, it's an awesome course. Yeah. It, it's funny you say that. I know we were, we were slacking about that course a couple of weeks ago. My buddy was just out in Denver visiting another one of our friends and it just happened to be warm enough while he was out there. He got got rental clubs and he went out to play Fossil Trace. He he loved it. He hit some like shots off the rock outcroppings and stuff. Um, he had a blast. Yeah, that same 13th hole, they literally have like a boulder that's like 40 feet tall. That literally you're either going to play around it or over it, um, which is just like bananas. Just like, just makes it so much harder to play. Colorado's a sneaky sneaky good golf destination i feel like all those like mountainous states along the rockies like they got great golf and it's just like amazing like amazing views like you said probably sunny every day you're gonna play that type of thing great weather and the ball absolutely flies so if you need an ego boost and you're not a long hitter like ball, ball does fly like anywhere between 12 and 15 yards further like it's nuts to see the ball fly like that um but yeah, if you need a, a competence boost, book a cheap uh, Frontier <laughs> Airlines ticket to Colorado and go play some golf. Yeah, I might have to next time I have like a, a golf trip that lined up, I might just go to Colorado first, play one round, get the confidence boost of seeing the ball fly, and then go go to my final destination for for the trip. Um, right. But I know we're we're coming up on time here, man, and I know. There's something else I wanted to cover with you, which is that you are in the or you're in the planning process of a little uh, DIY home golf setup at your house. So, so tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so I've been digging into it. Um, fortunately for me, I'm running into a little bit of a bonus from work and got the okay from my wife that I could potentially pull the trigger as long as it's not. Is that the old uh, retention bonus, Tav? retention bonus on its yes, way um, <laughs> so just 7th, waiting, for that, <laughs> waiting for that to hit um so just waiting for that to hit but kind of scoping it out as of right now so i'm trying to keep it around like the five thousand dollar or beneath like even in like the thirty five hundred four thousand dollar range um it really depends on like how the setup ends up and if i can find like some like new used equipment like for the the simulator or something that has the software already uploaded to it and like building it out but i didn't realize and after a lot of research you have to have a gaming computer to use almost all of these softwares yeah you need like, so, like a full-on setup it's a sneaky expense because those things are no joke it's like seven eight hundred bucks like dude you should just build get, one right I'm serious, dude. Uh, you could like look up. You could like really go into the rabbit hole on YouTube and like build a gaming PC. That's a whole other DIY project that I need to take. Yeah, I guess that's 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 true. If you already have the blessing, you know, you might as well. Yeah, save your, so, yourself the sanity. No, but I'm trying to piece it together where it's going to look nice. It's not going to be cheap without it being twenty thousand um, dollars. But I, I like to do DIY projects, so looking to build out like the setup in terms of like impact screen and making sure that it's reinforced appropriately, making it wide enough. Actually, we don't really use our garage at my house much. It's just collecting a bunch of stuff. So I want to clean it out and build it out. Um, but also having like areas to putt um, is a big thing for me. So equipment that I've looked into is uh, the bank uh, projector. The Mevo Plus seems to be really good. We have a, a left-handed buddy in our group. Um, so sitting with the Mevo Plus because it's the easiest one because it actually sits behind you rather than to the side of you, okay. um, like the Foresight or um, a couple other different simulators. Um, but across the board, like the Mevo Plus seems to have one of the better software packages. And from what everybody has said, like it performs just as good as a $10,000 simulator right. um, across the board. Um, but there's so much that goes into it. Just like you got to get the impact screen, you got to get the projector, you got to get the computer, you got to get the software, you got to get the the simulator. Are you going to turn it into like a full on like hangout spot or is it just going to be like a 
practice dungeon in your garage? No, I, I think it'll end up being like a hangout spot. I don't think it's going to be like one of those crazy ones where people literally just build out their entire shed and they have like the ambient lighting and just like it right. looks fantastic and it's like literally like a golf studio. Um, but I think it's going to have some seating around it so that like you don't have to be standing and watching everybody play as you go. Um, but it'll be like the perfect oasis. Like I have a ton of, I think I have a 12 foot ceiling in, in my garage. Um, won't run into kind of the, the garage door or anything. So it, it's just ideal. Um, but it's cool too, because I want to build that platform that can fold into the, uh, the projector screen where all of the turf goes up so that we can park our car in there too, if we want. So it's like multi-use, keeping the garage the way it is, what it's meant for, but also like having the simulator in there that works out. Wow. You're going to have to document uh, that process for us. I'm going to have to do like a whole like TikTok series of like how I'm building it on YouTube. Yeah, that'll be a hit, dude. Especially if you can like really break it down, like and really get into the weeds of like this is actually like not just like oh I did this then I did this, but really like this is how I did each one of these things. People would eat that up. Everybody's trying to get a get the home sim up and going. Yeah, and there's a guy like not too far from me up in Wisconsin that has his own channel. I think he built one in a spare room that he had. He had like almost like an A-frame room, um, and he did it for like fifty six hundred bucks. Um, and it looks fantastic i'll have to find the channel but ultimately like decent really good setup and looks great even did like padding on the walls like across the board which i thought was pretty cool but yeah i'm I'm jealous big like big project on its way just waiting for that retention bonus Oh man. All right. Well, we're, you're going to keep us in loop on the at home simulator. And my last, or I guess I have two questions that I, that I want to round out with. Um, one, your, your small child at home, will you be hoping they play golf or baseball? And then, uh, second question, um, just to round us out. Why, why do you love golf? Why do you, why do you keep coming back to this, this crazy ball and stick game? Yeah, I love that you asked me that first question because, like, that's actually something that I really struggled with, like, as I became a dad. Um, but growing up, I was I was friends with girls. Like, I didn't have friends, really, which I thought was really it, – it's strange for a lot of other guys listening to this. Um, and ultimately, like, having a boy, when I found out that it was a boy, I was, like, kind of scared. I was like, you know what? Like, I wasn't really – friends with guys growing up like this is a different dynamic and like even though like i played sports growing up and i was on teams with a lot of other guys i wasn't necessarily like really close with them um so i struggled i was like you know what like everybody's like i I was a good athlete like everybody's gonna expect him to play sports like he has to play sports kind of thing and like that was something like him being a boy that freaked me out like when i was i was going through that process and i was just like you know what like i want him to be whatever he wants to be obviously like i'm gonna put clubs in his hand like i'm gonna give him all the opportunities in the world to like get into sports but also i don't want to be pushed in terms of like what he loves like i want him to find what he loves that was the beauty of my parents like i had great parents growing up they just wanted the best for me um my dad was a little hands off, like in terms of like he was always working, uh, but always like supported the things that I was doing. And my mom was just like always encouraging of the things that I did. It gave me the opportunity to pick what I wanted. Like obviously, like I fell in love with baseball at a young age, but also at the same time, I want him to have that same opportunity to fall in love with whatever game or thing that he wants to. Let's just say sports aren't even his thing. Um, maybe he really likes robotics. Maybe that's yeah. what he wants to get into, but. Obviously, to answer your question, I would love to be able to play golf with my son. Um, I would love to play baseball with my son. Um, I think both things are things that you can carry on for your whole life. I mean, baseball at a certain point kind of tapers out. Golf is forever. Like you can yeah, always I feel like play ba- golf. Baseball turns to beer league softball, but you're at, you you might still be out there chasing that hole in one till you're eighty, Tom. <laughs> right and and i hope that i can play golf until i'm 80 years old you know like i see guys out there that are still playing they're 75 they're 85 years old like they're just kicking it they don't even care that they're hitting the ball a buck 20 like 
they're just enjoying it for the game that it is. And like, that's the kind of love that like I want to continue to have with the game. But also like, I hope that he has that too. And we can be a badass two man scramble team that can <laughs> take names. And what is that phrase? Take names and I don't know. Whatever. I'm blanking on it too. Um, yeah. But that's, that's a great answer, man. Thanks for, thanks for walking us through that. And then to round us out, what is, uh, why are you uh, a fellow golf addict? Oh man, dude, I just can't get enough. Like a couple of buddies of mine went to, uh, went to the superstore this past weekend. Like we're all talking about like new equipment that came out, whether it's QI 10 or the, the new AI smoke driver or, whatever it be across the board and just like talking clubs just like got us all ignited and we're like coming out of this like winter funk of like being in the off season. And um, I don't know, it just gets me excited. Like it's just one of those things, something about being on a golf course, like being outside in the sun, doesn't matter if it's hundred degrees, like just playing, like you can just play. Like when when else do you get to just like play? You have your life, you have your your significant other, you have like kids, whatever it is. Like, but for that two, three hours, four hours that you're on the golf course, like you can be a kid again. You can continue to play, and like you even see that. Like I said, like those eighty five year old guys that are out there, they're just being a kid. Yeah. And I think that's the beauty of golf, and I think that's why so many people are continuing to fall in love with the game. The game's continuing to grow. Is like they're getting that opportunity coming out of COVID to like get on the golf course, be outside, be a kid, like fuck around with your buddies, have a good time, have one too yeah. many drinks, and have somebody else drive you home. Like <laughs> you know, yeah, love it, man. All right, we'll wrap up there. Thank you so much, Tav, for for joining us on the pod. This was a blast. Um, if you ever want to come back on and tell us about your 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 DIY golf simulator, we'll we'll glad you have have you on, or we'll 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 talk uh, or we'll talk it up about about Live Golf PGA Tour again. Um, but this was a real pleasure, man. Thank you so much for coming on. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Mom. All right. Bye, everybody.